Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Off and rolling Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I'm your host, Gabe Coon, on X at G underscore Coon 71, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I'm alongside, back like he never left, executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show, Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, what's happening, brother? What's up, man? We have some Grizzlies to catch up on, don't we? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to? Uh, we do. We we sure do. Because the Grizzlies are on five. And, uh, you know, it really peeves me. Last night I thought was the night they were going to break through. Luke Kennard returning, although he forgot how to shoot the ball. And he seems relatively hurt still. I thought last night was the night they broke through. On the road, start the West Coast road trip, off with a bang. And then a 42-19 to 19 first quarter. And a 133-109 to 109 final score. Yuck. I mean, that's all I can say is that is absolutely positively disgusting. It's really hard right now to talk about the Grizzlies with any level of real respect because I don't think they're a respectable club at this particular moment. Are reinforcements going to be on the way? Are they going to get back healthy at some point? Sure. Not fully healthy because Steven Adams is out for the year. Brandon Clark has an Achilles injury. But John Morant will be back at some point. Santi will be back at some point. Luke will start making threes at some point. But right now, it looks bleak. Only winless team left in the NBA, considering the Rockets finally won a game last night, and they're the only team with five losses. Not fun. Not fun. But we'll break that down in a second, but I'm going to lay out the show for you. We have that. We'll talk about the uh, rest of the NBA. There were some things happening last night that were pretty fun. Um, Battle of L.A. was great. Battle of L.A. was phenomenal. And LeBron James, I don't even want to call it turning back the clock because I don't know if, like, I don't know if we can say that with him. It's I know just, how old he is. I know it's year 21, course, really. but this is what he does. It's just what he does. It's ridiculous. And at some point, I, I, I know most people have gotten on the train of giving him his respect and his due. No one has ever been able to do this 20 years in. 21 years in. But the rest of the people that are holding out and trying to act as if LeBron is not in the same conversation as a guy like Michael Jordan, please... Join me. Please come along for the ride with me. We'll talk about that as well as uh, the Celtics. Did you see what they did last night? I certainly did. 155 points. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty, pretty, pretty good, I have to say. Um, So we'll talk about that. College football week 10 will be on the docket. Memphis versus USF. 
uh, take a trip around the NFL at around 5.30, small talk 5.50, um, and of course we'll get into the Blitz at 6.30, where I'm going to wait to talk about that. Like, I guess if you're a Grizzlies fan, you're going to have some depression right now. If you're a Rangers fan, Texas Rangers fan, I don't know how many we have in the audience, you're, you're riding pretty high. Rangers won the World Series last night. Can we give a round of applause for the Texas Rangers? Shout out to the Texas Rangers for winning a World Series. Mets fans may be in uh, shambles, considering Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom just won a World Series next to each other, and they thought that was going to be them. We also need year. to congrats to the Dunning, of oh, course. Oh, d- yes. Dane, Dane Dunning. Dunning, yes. Congratulations. And congrats to Creed as of well. Of course, congrats to congrats Creed. Congrats to Creed, per always. Um, but we'll talk about that as well as uh, sort of get into it. I, we, we've done this before, but I'm going to do four games in college football week 10 in four words or less. And it'll highlight LSU at Bama, Kansas State at Texas, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, Washington at USC. We'll get into those games. I'll tell you about those games in four words or less. As far as guests are concerned, we are loaded. We're absolutely loaded. Bottom of this hour, bottom of the first hour, Matt Reiser, Memphis baseball coach, who's wrapping up fall ball right this second. They're going to have an intra-squad uh, scrimmage coming up tomorrow that will wrap up their fall portion of practices before they uh, get a little bit of time off and get into uh, their offseason. Um, but he will join at 4.30. Very excited for that. Jeff Calkins per normal at 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show on the Daily Memphian. And then at 6 o'clock before LeMoyne Owen and uh, the University of Memphis square off in the final exhibition game for the University of Memphis before they play Jackson State coming up here soon. Parthu Bidyai, Daily Memphian, beat reporter for Memphis basketball will join. And there's plenty to discuss there, no doubt about it. Now, Grizzlies are 0-5 versus Jazz last night, 133-109. And uh, after the first quarter, like to start off a road trip that seems so vital at 0-4, to start off in a first quarter of that entire road trip and go down 42-19, to it was just unacceptable. And it was just something that I didn't expect to happen last night, quite frankly. I know we've talked about the Grizzlies having a lot of things spiral out of control in them. There's things that are out of their control, right? Injuries. Luke Kennard is one for 13 this year from three, 7.7%. Um, when you look at uh, sort of Jaron, he's fouling a whole lot. There's some things that have been relatively, and he's getting some ticky-tack fouls here and there. There's some things that are out of this team's control at this particular moment. And I think at the top of that list, everyone knows his injuries. The one thing that is in their control that I just cannot quite get a grip on, and we saw this trickle into the back half of last season, not at this rate, their perimeter defense is some of the worst I've ever seen. And, like, sometimes you can just go, uh, the other team has a good night at the office. You can contest all you want from three, they're going to knock them down. That's not, not what's happening with this team. Last night the Jazz were 22 for 43 from three. 22... For 43, that is 57.1% from three. That's what the Jazz did last night. And Laurie Markkinen, four for four at start. He ended up four for six. They just got torched by anybody who was at the three-point line. And it, 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 it wasn't just because the Jazz were knocking down tough shots. It's because the Grizzlies seem inept when it comes to perimeter defense and covering the three-point line right now. And I feel like that's something that's very much in their control. The Grizzlies' opponents now, through five games, have made 89 threes. That is the most opponent threes an NBA team has allowed over its first five games of a single season in league history. 
Also, Grizzlies, if you want more bad records to set, gave up 79 in the first half last night. That's a franchise record for points allowed in the first half. It's as bad as we thought it could get, or maybe worse than we thought it could get. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And really, if I'm trying to talk about this perimeter defense and why it's so bad and why they're getting torched every single night by every team they play from out there, they overhelp every single possession. Like Steven Adams, I know, means a lot. But Jaron Jackson Jr. having to pick up for everybody when they get blown by. I mean, there's two guys that I really look at that play significant minutes that don't get blown by constantly. That's Marcus Smart one. He doesn't get blown by all the time. And then Dez at times. Like, Dez still can get blown by traffic cone style, but he also can move his feet a little bit at times. But everyone else gets blown by. Jaron goes to help. They rotate the defense, backside, wide open, make a skip pass, another pass, whatever it is, there's a wide open three for somebody to take. And then also picking somebody up coming across half court. How many times do we see sort of a trail pass to Laurie Markkinen from where he's, he's way out there? Jaron didn't want to go pick him up immediately, and he knocks one down right in your eye hole. It's, it's frustrating because it feels like it's in their control, but they're losing control of it night by night. Yeah, everything that you just said is true. There's no real positive spin on the play of the Grizzlies for the first five games. It's bad. It's, pro- it's some of the worst that we've really ever seen right now. Um, and the three-point defense is a huge, huge reason why they're 0-5. Like you said, you know, the first time somebody shoots like 50% from three, you're like, ah, that was weird. That was a tough loss. All right, we'll bounce back. Then the next night, it's like, it's a little weird it happened again. When it happens five times in a row, you got to start looking in the mirror and saying, could it possibly be us? I think it might possibly be the, yeah. the Grizzlies' three-point defense. And it's like you're right. Every single time you're watching one of these games, if their name isn't Marcus Smart or Jaron Jackson Jr., they're chasing somebody, and that's a problem. They're on somebody's backside almost every single time. Desmond Bain's doing the best he can on the, on the perimeter right now, but they keep switching and leaving these guys wide open. I think there's been a lot of criticism about the front office and the coaching staff that's been pretty unfair because of these first five games because we do need to be honest about it. They were dealt the worst possible hand. You said this is worst-case scenario. This is worse than worst-case scenario. Three days before the season, they lost Steven Adams, which is a huge thing. Then they lost Santi. And who, who knows what the hell's going on with Luke Kennard right now. He, he was hurt that first game. He didn't look right. Then he got a concussion. Who knows what's going on with him. But, a, but the criticism of the three-point defense is extremely valid. It's extremely valid. All of us are watching these games and we're saying, you have to change something here because it's not working. Start. Let them get the shots at the rim. Yeah. Let them score at the rim. You brought up a great point before the show started yeah. about how Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. work on the defensive side and why it has been such an impact to Steven not have Adams Steven Adams there. Jaron to roam a little he bit He can more. stay around the perimeter. Yes. He can help out on that perimeter defense a little bit more. But when Steven Adams isn't there, and you know, God bless Xavier Tillman, he's doing the best he can right now. He was terrible last night, but he's doing, he's doing, <laughs> right. he's doing the best he can right now. When you don't have Steven Adams there to anchor the paint, Jaron's got to float back and the guy's wide open every single time. Every single time they're hitting the guy that gets switched on. And it's at some point the Grizzlies got to look at themselves and say, hey, you know, we got dealt a really bad hand, but we're also playing really bad basketball right now. Both of those things I think can be true. And then also, on the other hand, um, while they're allowing uh, opponents to shoot 43% from a three-point line, they're only shooting 32. And, like, here's the thing. I don't, I don't fully disagree with the thought process offensively. 
the three ball has to be the great equalizer for this team. Right. But they're not shooting well. They're no. not. Last night they were 14 for 54. They put up 54. Clank, clank. It seemed like every single three-point shot in the first half was short. I don't know what it was, but nothing was falling for that team last night. And it hasn't really been falling all year. And, like, I I wish I had a better explanation for Luke Kennard and what's going on with him. He is one for 14 from the field, one for 13 from three. And he's a career 40% three-point shooter. Well, now, it, it, realistically, you could talk about his injuries, his concussion. He's got a, He had a shoulder issue last year. Maybe that's affecting him. Um and, and I think there's a lot of people that hey, this will regret. This will get to the mean at some point. Well, you, He'll you start hope shooting so. the ball a you little hope bit so. better. But I am actually a little bit concerned about what's happened with Luke Kennard. I'm very. I mean, I I, I think it's fair to be concerned about it. it and because it's not like it was a trend that started game one. It was happening in the preseason. All of us were kind of like, oh no, what's happening? Right. And all of us were kind of laughing it off as this. Oh, oh no, he's be fine. he's the best three points here in the league. He's gonna be fine. And then one for eight, one for eight, and zero oh for eight. And you're just like, oh my god, what's going on here? It's 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 quite literally everything that could go wrong so far this season for the Grizzlies has gone wrong. Yes, that that is they. We are living in Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events, Grizzlies edition. That has been the 2023-2024 season for the Memphis Grizzlies so far. It has been bad. There is no spin on it. They've been bad. Maybe the worst team in the NBA the first five games. All that being said, they might look different in 20 games. Yeah, no That's the question. Hope. The hope but is, he, but the other part of this is like you have to fix that perimeter defense because as no, much as we sure. want to talk that's, about John Moran coming back, that is not a guy no, that's no, going to help you with that's that. That's where I was going with it. They're going to be a different team in 20 games. They just are. Bismack Biombo's coming. He's going to help out. Ja's going to walk through that door. That's a big deal. You're gaining a top 10, top 15 player in the NBA that can win you games at the end. That's going to matter. It's going to matter. Santi's going to be back. Luke we were praying, praying to the basketball gods that he figures out how to shoot the basketball again. But none of that stuff's going to matter until you, unless you fix this. This yep. is simple rotation defensive scheme thing that they can fix right now. The offensive stuff, they just don't have the guys right now. And yeah, I, I hate to say that, but that's the reality again, of the situation. Thing, that's what I open this up. There are things that are out of their control. You right. can't control the injuries that you have to deal with early in the season. Right. You can't control that you have guys in there by the name of Xavier Tillman and Zaire Williams and David Roddy and Jake LaRavia and all these guys that have to play meaningful roles that they're not ready to necessarily play. Right. Right? Now, yeah, you can't control that. But what you can control is defensively limiting what you have failed to limit the entire season. Right. Fix something. Right. You have to fix it. And to that point, I, I can already hear people yelling at us. Well, they they made the moves to have these guys on the team. Fair. LaRavia is a miss. Now, I'll say this, Connor. I think that ultimately, and I brought this up uh, day one when Brad, well, you, you were out a couple days ago. You just have to be ready for the hindsight discussion yeah. Yeah, about Zaire, about Jake LaRavia, about David Roddy, about offloading Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton. You're going to have to get ready for those conversations because they're not going to go away. Right. And this is this uh, like I said, even before the season, before we really saw how bad it was going to get. This is on the front office to do whatever they can in this moment that is the best for the future of this franchise. I mean, like they, they you, you, they really have to earn their money now. They've gotten yeah, a lot of praise sure. to this point. But now the tide is going to turn when you have this type of struggle. Yeah, it, it's it's it, one thing though is all of that is true. Yeah, and I and if you want to complain about the Laravia move, right, all that stuff, I think those things are valid right now. They also don't change the reality. Of, like we can we can <laughs> retrospectively change, yeah. talk about that. They stuff don't change right as now. much as we want to. Those these guys are on. This is with the team. This is the team. Okay, we can complain about those moves. I get it. 
I understand why people might be frustrated with them. I would also like to add, we do need to add some context to some of these, though, like the Melton move, the the Anderson thing, all of that. A lot of money was involved there. Guys had to get paid in the future. Bain, Jaron, all of that stuff. So if you're going to talk about that stuff, at least bring that part of the conversation to it as well so we can have real conversations about what types of moves should have been made and when. Again, though, it's five games. Yep. We've got to, everybody's got to take a deep breath. This thing is going to be ugly until John Morant walks back through that door. That's the reality of the situation here. There are things that they can fix and they need to fix and that they can control right now. Defense is one of them. Making sure that they have better offensive schemes is one of them. We got to be honest about it. We thought that the three point shooting thing, the barrage of three point shooting, was how they could equalize these games until John gets back. To be completely honest, the best games they've had is when they've attacked the rim. It's when they've not done a crazy amount of three-point shooting. 54 is a little much, yes. 54 is a little much. everything. Yeah, when you have 14 of them made and you shot 54, <laughs> yeah. maybe try something else. Maybe try something else. Yeah. But they know that, too. They got their asses kicked last night. Hopefully it wakes them up. Hopefully it wakes them up and, they, and you know, they're like, what is going on here? What can we do to change our circumstances right now? It's going to be ugly for a little bit. There's nothing around that. There's just there's no way to get around that. It is, it, is a, it is the reality of the situation, and it stinks. It's the worst possible way you wanted to start the season. It's also not over. They can, they can claw back from this thing. They can, but they have to start on the defensive side of the basketball. I mean, because at, last night was atrocious to watch. We're very much at the point where are they going to dig themselves too much of a hole for even when Unfortunately, John comes yeah. back, it feels like that's the case at this particular point. Because the West is it's tough. And I picked them to be in the play-in anyway. Yeah, we so had like, yeah, I mean, seven. You had, when Steven Adams went out and you knew John was going to be out for 25, you have to temper expectations. But they need health to be on their side. looks like Derrick Rose is going to be out for another week. We learned that. Yesterday, Santi, I don't really have a good feel on it. They said day to day. I don't know why they said day to day. We're five games in and we haven't seen Santi yet. So um, don't hold your breath all that much. I think he'll return at some point, but your guess is as good as mine at this particular moment. Now, one thing they will get here relatively soon and really on the, the first play in game, or not play in game, in season. in season tournament, sorry, in season tournament game is coming up against the Blazers tomorrow night. Bismack Biombo, I would imagine, because this is, they talked about this, what, game two? This was after game two. They dropped the news that they were going to sign Bismack Biombo. I would imagine that they're going to play him a lot yeah. tomorrow night. He will. It's not going to be some ramp up. He has a minutes restriction. This is going to be a guy who's going to be inserted and played consistently. Let's be honest about the situation, and I think that's what they have to do. Um, but then again, it's like how much does he really help in this particular moment? Now, with his contract, one year, $5 million, $1 million guaranteed. Um, this one is a tradable contract. Yeah, now, very much so. Now, do I expect them to trade it? I think that's a different conversation. Probably not. Because I think this is a guy who's going to be their productive big. He's going to be the productive five. It, it just it depends. Xavier Tony. Yeah, it depends. Uh, but we'll see what it looks like. But I do have the sneaking suspicion, because I, I get this a lot. Well, Kenneth Lofton Jr., every time he gets in, he makes an impact. I think he makes an impact on both ends and not so good on the defensive end. Last night, when he first got in, yeah, he got fouled, got to the free throw line, hit a couple free throws. But then on the other end, he got into a pick-and-roll situation, got into drop coverage, was about, I don't know, 10, 15 feet away from Jordan Clarkson, and he just put it right in his eye hole. So, like, on the defensive end, he's not helping in that regard. He's fouling a fair amount on that end. I mean, if I, it, so, we need to have a real conversation about this. Bismack Biombo, if he is productive, which I expect him to be, after 25 games when this whole uh, hardship thing wears out and Jaws back on the floor, 
You're going to have to make some tough decisions, and I think Kenneth Lofton Jr. might be on the chopping block, and I think that is the truth of it, and people are going to have to come to terms with that. I unfortunately agree with you. You know, I think it's the Kenny thing, the junior thing has been weird because it, there's a weird – he's tough to talk about because if you don't 100% buy into him, you're labeled as a hater, and you're labeled as, well, you don't see what – and it's like, no. I, no, I see Kenny what Lawson he can Jr. do on the offensive he, he's end. Got a, he's got an offensive bag. He scored 12 points last night. He also fouled five times in 19 minutes. <laughs> he can't play defense without fouling, period. And, and that's and, why he, they, he can't get minutes right now. He's really, really good if you need the offensive and, option and, to come and, in. And also, but when defense is your number one problem right now, you can't play him. Especially perimeter defense. Yes. You get him into a pick and roll, he has no earthly chance against some of these guys on the perimeter. There's just no way he can deal with a a, a pick and roll situation and, and try and listen, to go play he's good not defense, the only hedge, one. do that whole They've thing. They've got probably the worst bench in the NBA right now. Truly, they do. LaRavia doesn't know what the hell he's doing out there on defense. It's it's extremely dis. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Yeah, the, the it's extremely thing. disappointing what has happened there. It's a miss. He's a complete negative for this. It's game. a negative. Every time he's out there, they hunt him like he's a dog. <laughs> they are hunting him when he is out there. Truly. Um, I, I I know you texted me this, but I'm, I I want to bring it to air. Vince Williams Uh-oh. Jr. Okay, I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. Maybe like in this current state. <laughs> I was like, what did I text you? If you need somebody outside of Jake Laravia to fill in minutes, that may be the guy. He had 12 points last night. He ultimately was a plus in the plus minus. He was a plus nine, although it was garbage time. But maybe that's a guy you have to turn to. I mean, but I just. Whoever is a hot hand, whoever you feel like can get the job done in that current moment, or at least fake like they can get the job done, you have to throw out there. And I think there's real conversations right now, and maybe Bismack helps a little bit in this regard. They The Grizzlies were ranked as the 27th out of 30 team in the NBA in their power rankings. I, I'm sorry. This particular team in its current state, I think, it, I think they may be 30 out of 30. I really do. 29 or 30 out of 30. They're right there because this is just – bench is not good. Um, starters outside of three guys, you just – you don't know what you're going to get night to night. Xavier Tillman and Zaire Williams, you just get confused. You don't really – you don't know what they're going to bring. I, I think there's a real case that right now in this current state that this Grizzlies team is, is the worst team in the NBA. Now, f- after 20 more games – Definitely not. <laughs> You're going to have John Moran. He's a one-man offense. He'll help you on the offensive end dramatically. You'll get more points inside the paint. You'll get to the rim better. But 
he doesn't solve all your issues. No, he doesn't solve all your issues. Real quick on the Vince Williams thing. He's, you know, he's better than LaRavia. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of what you can say about him. He's better than LaRavia. He's going to defend better. He's not people have kind of turned him into some three-point shooter. He's not really a three-point shooter like we would want him to be, but he's certain he's he's better. He knows what he's doing out there. You get a big enough sample size, he's probably like a 34. He's 35% in the right spot at the right time and they guy. can't hunt him on the defensive end. Yes. It's better than having guys out there who have no idea what's going on. Yep. You know, and that's the reality of the situation right now for the Grizzlies. It's not great. It stinks. And it really does. And, it stinks. And I I am very curious. I don't think the injury report's come out yet. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't think it has, though. What's going to what, what, – Luke Kennard, because he had to leave that game last night. Are we going to deal with him out for a little bit longer? Because it feels like that may be the case. So now you're going to have, what, six deep on that injury report <laughs> and missing Luke Kennard, Santi, Derek Rose for maybe a couple more games, extended period of time. Strap in, everybody. <laughs> Strap in. The hurricane is coming. We are in the we, we, <laughs> Like I don't know, man. And it's I, just like, damn. I, it's like, what do y'all want? Yeah, it's just it's like, it's, damn. It's it's just it is a it is unfortunate as hell. It's the worst case scenario. Yes, it is. And There's no question. You know, there is good news. It's Ja will come back. Santi will come back. Luke, we pray to the basketball <laughs> gods for members how he to can shoot come a basketball back and shoot. All of that stuff is true. We still got 20 games of mess to get through, though, and you've got to hold on here. And it, it, I think the really unfortunate thing about it's not like it's a lack of effort. These guys are trying. Like, they're putting it out there. They're trying. They keep coming back in these games. They almost they, they took the defending champs to the wire. They just don't have, they don't the, have guys the guys right now. They don't. That's And that is a tough spot to be in just kind of overall as a basketball fan because you watch these games and you you have all these criticisms that you want to say. You want to do these, well, the front office, well, the coach, and this and that. And at the end of the day, they just don't have the guys. Yep. They just don't have the guys. And what's really unfortunate is I, I have seen a conversation about, like, well, injuries aren't an excuse. They're kind of an excuse. It's Listen, they're not the, the – injuries aren't the – end-all, be-all of what's happening with this team right now. A lot of it is defense. The offense is suspect. The bench is bad. They missed, like, the wing guys haven't stepped up like you would hope. All of those things are true. They also are, like, the most injured team in the NBA right now, and it completely has changed what this roster looks like. Both of those things are allowed to be true. Uh, That's why, like, I don't understand people that are like, well, you can't use injuries as an excuse. Would the Grizzlies be 0-5 if they didn't have these injuries? If the answer is no... Then you can use injuries as an excuse. I think injuries are absolutely. I mean, they're I mean, they're part of the full at, picture. They're a hundred percent. If it's a pie chart, they're, they're, injuries are like fifty percent of it. They're a hundred, maybe even more than that, Connor. I mean, we're talking about six consistent guys that have been out of the lineup. Uh, two of your best bench guys, Jaws out for twenty-five games. You're big, and Stephen Adams is out for the like. Of course, of course, you can blame it on injuries. But at the same time, you do have to pick up and try to save yourself right. at least a respectable record while those injuries occur. And I think that's where everybody's at. That's where everybody's at. You have to so, – somebody's got to pull the chain a little bit harder. Somebody's got to make something happen, and they don't really have those guys right this second. And <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really think Jaron – I think Jaron has had a really tough start Jaren, this season. Jaron, he's had he gets one good game. Ma- he, he's had one full game. He gets put in really bad situations constantly on the defensive end. Sure. We've talked about that. And that may lead to some fouls. But offensively, he hasn't really put it together. He took eight threes last night. We've yes. talked about it. He's Get getting into the, the paint. Get to the rim. We've, we've talked about it. It's, 
I love Jaron. I love him. He's got to be more aggressive on the offensive end of the basketball. They, he is getting these open this threes team has no choice because but teams to him. want him to take the threes. It's why he's getting them. He's He has to be their second leading scorer if they want to win games in this first 25. Yes. That, that was always the case, and we don't see that night to night. Marcus Smart, I think, has been an overwhelming positive for he's this team. He's been good. Bain's like, been very you, good. You, you, you can only do so much. You can only do so much. Um, now, they do have, I, I, I guess, uh, you want to do some silver linings here? They do have an in-season tournament game coming up tomorrow night at 9. Different intensity. Who knows? Who knows? Make something happen. They're hyped up about the in-season tournament. They're ready to go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. You know, screw it. it, it here, here is the weird thing that kind of happens here. Is it's like, this does kind of have like a weird setup of like, they might win the damn in-season tournament just to like throw a wrench in everything that's happening here. But they're playing Portland. It's a winnable game. It's not a must win, but it's a really need to win. You really need to win that game. Portland's a team that you can beat. You need until to beat they them. Have a, until they have a one in the left-hand column of their win-loss record. Everything's a need, must Everything's win. must win. Is it must and win? let's be honest. They need, get one win. Get one. For the love of God. Get one. Get now, one. on to other things. Battle of L.A. was last <laughs> night. Went to OT. Lakers ended up prevailing after uh, trailing by, I believe, 13 at half, 130 to 125. LeBron James, man, like I, I'm sorry. I just I I can't help but just sit here amazed consistently with this guy. We're in year 21. We're we're talking about a guy who's 38 years of age, and in 42 minutes last night, leading the Lakers to a win over the Clippers, 35 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, 13 for 19 from the field, four for eight from three. No one, and I've talked about this on the show. No one in the history of the game has ever done this in their 21st season. That's the most points ever in a game by a player in their 21st season. The longevity, the greatness, it is just so consistent. It's so consistent, and I don't know how you – you can't deny it. You have to put them in these same conversations when you're talking about the greatest of all time with Michael Jordan and everything else. And I think there's a very distinct chance that the Lakers could be very much, and I think they are, very much in not just the playoff picture, but the NBA Finals picture and could potentially win a championship this year. And if he gets number five, I think we, we have a different conversation when we get to the end of this year. Oh, I will be insufferable if he gets number five. Um, they were also missing two key guys last night, too. They were missing a couple guys last night, too, and they still put off, pulled off that win against the Clippers. I know the Clippers didn't have they James had no Harden Rui, yet. But they had no Rui, no uh, Torian, Torian Prince, Prince. And Vanderbilt. Yep. Vando no was out, Vincent. too. And Gabe Vincent. They were missing. I mean, and it was an impressive win. You know, LeBron deserves all the credit in the world. I also want to give flowers to AD. After, since that first yeah. game, AD woke he's, up. Yes. He, he's been the AD that you hoped that he could be. Now, it's not sustainable for them to be playing 48 and 42 minutes every <laughs> single night, but I understand the, the meaning of beating the Clippers, especially yeah. at home. It was a big, big win. I also don't know. How is the Le FU3? It's the most obvious move in the NBA, and it goes in every he single time. If he looks at the yep. basketball, he's letting it fly. Contest. Yes, contest. Get a <laughs> he hand He gets up. people every <laughs> single time with it, but it's remarkable what he's doing. Yes. It's remarkable. 35-12-7, two blocks and a steal last night. Insane. Um, now, P.J. Tucker and uh, we know James Harden are going to be new parts of the uh, Clippers. P.J. Tucker played last night. Was that not the most P.J. Tucker stat line of all time? It's yes. Zero points, 0 for 1 from the field, five rebounds, all offensive rebounds. 
His only stats were offensive rebounds. He had five and of them. four fouls. And then the Clippers are also yeah four fouls. And then the Clippers are also likely to get James Harden on Monday against the Knicks at MSG. I haven't really gotten got to pick your brain on the James Harden move. I I I don't know how much differently I view the Clippers even with James Harden. Sure, we'll see. sure. I think if you they have those injuries, they can weather the storm a lot better if James Harden stays healthy as well. Um, but all those guys on the floor at the same time, Russ, Paul George. Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. I'm sorry, I have some questions about that. I'm yeah, I, I think it's fair for the price that they got Harden for. I understand why they did it because not getting, not having Powell or Man in that deal is a huge win for the Clippers. I also think that the Sixers got a lot more. Like people were kind of crushing the Sixers for a second. It's, I, they got a lot of pick, they got picks, and you know those three guys aren't really anything anymore that they that they got as players. KJ Martin's something though. I do think that KJ mm. Martin Jr. could potentially be an NBA. Like he's a, he's a good player. Yeah. I understand why they did it. It's just like it feels like that we know how it's going to end. You know, like we've seen Harden do this over and over and over again. The video of him walking into that locker room was hysterical. Yeah, because Terrence, Terrence Mann was Mann like face down, this, this, this mf'er, and yeah. uh, and you had Rust kind of doing the like, "What's up, man?" It's yeah. like you know, we already know that they don't like each other. Yep. <laughs> it didn't work out in Houston because they didn't like each other. So. It's going to be fun to watch. Clippers are all in for this final year before yeah. they have the player options from PG, from Russ, and from Kawhi. That's what they're doing. And then they have and Harden. James, well, James Harden's unrestricted, so they don't even have a <laughs> – there's no option. There's no player option there that he can opt into. So this is their this is their go for it. I thought the 76ers made it out pretty well, though. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Marcus Morris, some picks. They got – um, Nick Batum, they they added some. Good yeah, give pieces. the and Maxie's, you know, he's Maxie's he's fantastic. He's, he's fantastic. Maxie does everything that they would want James Harden to do. Um, now, final thing from the NBA last night: Celtics scored 155. They beat the Pacers 155 to 104. The last time they scored 155, <laughs> Red Auerbach was still the coach. Hell yeah! Uh, they only had one banner up in the uh, rafters. And the Lakers were still in Minneapolis. And and believe it or not, this this was a 58-59 team that scored 155. So that featured Bob Cousy and then young, young Bill Russell. <laughs> young Bill Russell was on this team. And believe it or not, they beat Minneapolis, the Lakers. They beat them 20 to uh, they beat them uh, 173 to 139. Oh my god. Yeah. 173 to 139. Then? Yep. Yep. How about that? They were 20 for 35 from three, and Jason Tatum went off. And then everybody else was in double figures. They're kind of doing this every night, though. Yeah. There's still some inconsistencies with that team. But I just – I you know how much I love their starting They're really five. good. And the shooting and the ability they have. And Peyton Pritchard looks like a stud you. early in I this year. I told you. He looks really good. And Sam Hauser was like five for six last night from three. <laughs> They're just getting help from other guys, too. Um, but Chris that was stops, interesting. Man. He's, been yeah. a, he's been a really good fit. And Derek White is playing – the best just, basketball so, of his career. It, it's so hard to defend a team that already has, you know, Jalen Brown who can knock down a three, Jason Tatum who can knock down a three. You bring in Drew Holiday. Um, all these guys are two-way players, by the way, who can play defense as well. Derek White's been a great three-point shooter, at least since last year going into this year. And then you can stretch the floor with your five who can also rebound and protect the rim. It's just it's a well-put-together well-oiled machine that they have. They just got to stay healthy. They're like the Nuggets East. It's everything that the Nuggets do well, the Celtics do well. They've it's, just got to stay healthy. That's they got to stay healthy. But they are – They shout out to everybody that put that team. The Celtics are a lot of fun to watch. It's just good basketball when you watch them. It's like watching the Nuggets. You're just like, damn, this team is good. Yep. There's no holes. No question about it. Now, um, we have a guest on the way. We have a guest on the way in studio. And that's going to be – 
a guy that I met a couple of weeks ago at the Tulane game, had a good conversation with him. I wanted to take that conversation to the air. He's going with fall ball right now. Uh, Memphis baseball, Matt Reiser, their new coach, coming from southeastern Louisiana. They're finishing up fall ball tomorrow uh, with an intra-squad game, intra-squad scrimmage, if you will. Um, so we're going to catch up with him next. Uh, new coach from Memphis baseball, that would be Matt Rise right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Can't see nothing coming up behind. Make my way through this darkness. I can't feel nothing but this chain that blinds me. Lost track of How about it? Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And joining me now, very pleased to be joined by Matt Reiser, the head baseball coach of the University of Memphis. Brand new head baseball coach at the University of Memphis. I shouldn't say brand, brand new, but he is here in studio at Matt Reiser 17 on X. Matt, how are you, man? Fantastic, Gabe. How are you, my friend? I am hanging in there. I can't complain. Now, i got to ask you, uh, before we get into anything of, of substance, World yeah. Series ends last night. Texas Rangers. That's right. Handle yeah. business. Yeah, you know, you can go back and see. Uh, I think last Friday I was on the uh, broadcast, and they asked me the same thing. I said, I've got the Rangers, man. It's just it's a really good club. You know, I expected Garcia to be the MVP, not uh, Seager. But, you know, hey, man, which one do you want? You know, well, he got hurt, hurt the last two yeah, games. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He still got his postseason records in there. So, but what a great series, you know. I uh, really enjoyed it. My my eight year old has really gotten into baseball. So last night we were able to stay up past bedtime a little bit, you know, and gave him my phone in the bed and let him finish off the ninth inning there. Um, now Adolis Garcia, that's a guy I wish was still on my Cardinals. I'm I'm, I'm a big Cardinals fan. There's yeah. a lot of guys, and Zach Gallen, by the way, too, as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody wants him in your lineup, right? That's yeah. a big physical dude. That's a scary guy you don't want to meet in the alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's there's so many guys the Cardinals let walk right out the front door. I just I can't. I I just that's all I think about every time I see him play. Um, now. I want to start with you guys. Okay. Fall ball, fall practice. Yeah. How's it all going along? What's the schedule looking like? Yeah, you know, it's been great. I mean, obviously we've hit the ground running since we got here in the middle of June, and uh, it's been nonstop in all honesty, but it's been great. Uh, the guys have responded really well. You know, we had a lot of stuff to do this summer, and Signed a bunch of guys at that transfer portal, right? Yep. Uh, so we got a lot of older guys that are very mature in their ways and how they do some things and uh, go about their business like professionals, which has been you know really enjoyable this fall to, to see those guys do it. So had a uh, fall game against Little Rock to open up the fall first of October in that area, and then also finished up this last Sunday against Ole Miss, and uh, it's been a really good fall to see the things kind of progress into what they progressed into. I thought the guys competed really well and bought into what we're selling, and uh, yeah, we'll finish up this week with Fall World Series. Uh, we had a couple injuries on Sunday, so we're gonna. Knock it down to one game, winner take all there on, uh, right. on Friday. So maybe if you did that for the World Series, maybe that gets a little more interest too, right? Yeah, one yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be that would be pretty interesting. So you say Fall World Series? What 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 yeah. opponent wise? What what's all that look like? Yep. So we had the seniors over last night and got a uh, you know we kind of separated those guys just to make sure we're even, just position player wise okay. and pitchers, and then uh, let those guys get around the fire last night and, and, and make their picks, right? Who they want? Oh, and, we had a little draft. Yeah, a little draft back and okay. forth. Okay. So yeah, we got we got Team Warren. Dave Warren, who's been a pitcher for us for the last three years, uh, is captain of the one team, and then Jake Curtis uh, will be captain of the other team. So it'll be fun. You know, we'll get everything posted out today. Uh, Brock Music, our, our SID, will make sure everything's out to see the rosters, and then we'll first pitch tomorrow at four o'clock. We had to bump it yep. up an hour. Uh, we're gonna go one nine inning game tomorrow to get after it and, and see who the 
Fall World game is. Yeah, yeah. I like I like to see the little intra squad beef though with with oh, who you're yeah. who you're making these these draft picks. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, we got the beans and weenies and steaks on on the line, and then the, uh, I told the guys put a little extra something on it today, so they'll come up to me today and figure out maybe somebody does a car wash in twenty degree weather or something. You know. Yeah. Now uh, you are originally from Picayune, Mississippi. Is that how you say it? Is that how you said Picayune? Yes. Picayune. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, there we the go. Old Picayune item. The old newspaper down there in New Orleans. So, yes. Yep, and yep. then. Uh, you went to Pearl River Community College. That's right. And, you know, I actually uh, announced last year for Northwest Mississippi Community College. I was an analyst there for the football no program. Yeah, so there I'm familiar. Go. I'm so familiar with the old, yeah, the, old, the old Mississippi Juco route. Uh-huh. I understand that. Yeah. Um, what, what's it been like uh, in Memphis so far? Like, yeah. how, how have you enjoyed it? No, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, we, we finally settled out in Collierville with a family. We kind of started in East Memphis and found a really nice house we liked, but one of a few renovations. I said, you know what? We got a team to build, not a house to build. So let's right. uh, <laughs> let's get a little further out. Found a, a really nice subdivision out in Collierville with the kids. You know, I've got three boys, uh, eight, six, and two, and uh, they are all boys. And Mama's got her hands full. So I want to make sure they had some time and some areas to kind of interact with some other kids. So we found a really nice place out that way. And uh, Memphis has been great. You know, obviously uh, the high school coaches have been very receptive of us. They've done a good job of, you know, obviously getting to know us and reaching out and, and, and being very responsive in the, in the communication that we want because this, this is where we want to build it. Right. Right. I mean, right now it's 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 a lot of older guys. You know, we've got the transfer portal in place, got NIL in place, so things have, you know, just geographically changed a little bit. You know, the landscape of, of recruiting, but um, but we want to get back to those high school kids, right? Eventually, once the COVID stuff and all that kind of stuff pans out. So, and uh-huh. and obviously the talent we have here in Memphis, right? I mean, there's a lot of talent here that. In the SEC melting pot, uh, but we got to keep them here. And I thought we got the uh, the ball rolling last year with the new facility, right? Uh, the three and a half million dollars we put into the new facility down there on South yep. Campus, and looks gorgeous. So you know, start getting these kids to, to stay here, stay home, and play in front of the you know the city of Memphis. So you're not from that far from here. What are your ties like to Memphis? Like how many visiting? You know, staying here for extended periods. Yeah. Of time? Like I mean, you know, it, family, yeah. whatever it is, friends. Yeah, you know, it'd been a long time since I've been here. Uh, we'd pass through here a few times, but right. you know. Uh, uh, played at Tulane, so also we came up here a few times. You know, had that old rivalry in the conference back then. Uh, you know, I guess the early 2000s, and you know, uh, and then obviously now here we are again, right? In the American Conference, instead of Conference USA, yeah. we'll have that same rivalry going. But uh, yeah, you know, we, we've got family land about two hours south of here as well. Uh, so you know, family's kind of got a meeting spot from South Mississippi to meet up with us and, and come all the way to Memphis and come watch us play. Yeah. Now uh, you are. A uh, longtime coach at uh, Southeastern Louisiana. We we already sort of covered that. Yep. Uh, three hundred twenty and t- two hundred twenty-four. I have that written down. So I'm gonna. Oh, there I'm you gonna, go. Yeah, there and then you, you had you four that. times in the NCAA tournament. I got it all. I yeah, got it all figured out here. Awesome. Yeah, I got the whole Love track it. record there. Love it. Um, Love it. When we talk about your time at Southeastern Louisiana, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, really good, very productive, yep. very solid. By the end, there were there were some there were some struggles and yep. and. I brought this up on the air yesterday. I talked to you a couple of weeks back. Uh, we met a couple of weeks back right. at the Tulane game, and, and you were just sort of being candid, honest about the situation at Southeastern Louisiana. What what sort of what struggles did you run into at the end uh, that, that ultimately made it harder to win at as high of a level as you did the first few years? Well, there's a couple things right there in place. Obviously, you get the transfer portal in place, but there's never any excuses, you know, to not win. I mean, of course. you always got to find your niche to do it. And uh, but it's it's hard to do it consistently, you know. And I think that was what the one thing we had year in year out is consistently we were winning until last year. And uh, you know, and we we challenged ourselves. You know, we had known that where we had we, what we have gotten to, uh, we wanted to take it to another level. So we challenged ourselves in the schedule. We you know, in 22, we played the number 
number seven non-conference schedule in the country. So if you look at record, it's not the most impressive, right, record. Right. Uh, but we competed against and beat Ole Miss, who was number one in the country that year, and won a national championship, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and then obviously finished second in conference and still won a conference tournament, went on the regional and so on and whatnot. And uh, injuries always play a huge part of this, right? I mean, obviously this is uh, like any game and, and the time and nowadays uh, you, you don't have time to really develop, and that's where a lot of you see these guys – especially the Power 5 level, they're not into developing. They're into more, hey, man, we just got to buy the next price because they don't right. have time time to, to lose. You know, there's just <laughs> right. no time for it. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, I'll see, uh, you know, had a great time there in Hammond, had great people there in Hammond, but sometimes change is good. Uh, some things uh, no, are, are no, no. trying to change, and, and the scenario changes a little bit, and change is good for everybody. And, uh, you know, the good Lord put us here for a reason, man, and, and really just trusted him through the process and uh, couldn't be more excited to be here and, and get ready to do what we do here. Talking with head baseball coach of the University of Memphis, Matt Reiser, at Matt Reiser 17 on X. So take us through this. I know in football, the sport I played at the University of Memphis, basketball, men's basketball, we know how much NIL and transfer portal does affect right. what, what is done on a daily basis. And really it's out there in the news constantly. Yep. Like it is, it's, it's headlines. Yep. How much does it affect baseball, truthfully? Well, I mean, look at just last year, right? LSU and Jay Johnson, they had a really good club going into the to the summer. And then, uh, you know, last summer they invested a, a few dollars into some big high-profile players to make sure they won a national championship, right? right? And, and, it's again, it's impressive. It's it's to put it on one thing, to put it on paper, but to actually go through from really, you know, the – the end of summer, once they put that team together, Paul Skeens and all those guys, and, and to finish as a national champion, it's a pretty impressive job there by Jay Johnson and those guys. But uh, it, that, they really kind of kicked it off because uh, this past summer, some of the schools that were throwing the money out, just it kind of blew your mind, right? And from a baseball standpoint, 500 clubs that you know have traditionally not been very good in baseball, just okay in baseball, spending some serious money trying to get some players in. And, you know, do we compete in that space? Uh, I don't know if that's the space that we compete in, right? I mean, we're going right. out and we can spend, let's just say, you know, a, a figure, 50 thousand dollars on a player well guess what the power five has a hundred thousand to spend so right. you know for me i think the space that we're going to play in is retention right we want to keep these guys here we want to show the appreciation for what they've done and at the end of the day gabe we only got 11.7 for, for 32 guys right so yeah. uh hey how can you extend your scholarship dollars uh hey man that nil can help us do that right instead of putting a guy on ten thousand dollars of scholarship money let's put him on ten thousand dollars of nil money right uh and then essentially they're two, two and the same right because the thing we want them to concentrate on here is helping us win a championship and, and get their education from the University of Memphis. So uh, yep. financially, that helps them not have to work that bar back job late at night, right? Get the sleep right. they're supposed to and do what they have to to get the education. So I think that's the space that we'll play in. You know, make sure we keep the retention off and kind of extend our scholarship dollars a little bit more. So it's different than basketball and, and football in that aspect, right? You've got scholarships to kind of take care of the school part of it. The NIL stuff is just a little bit more of, you know, hey, man, let's kind of pay you what you're worth, right? Right. Uh, in this in that space. And, and obviously, football and, and basketball make the money, right? We were very well aware of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there were, you know, 10 million viewers in, in Omaha. And, and so uh, this is the sport. And Laird and those guys understand that, that this is a sport. If we want to make this Power Five jump, uh, this is a sport that we can win and win at, uh, be very successful and continue to be very successful at, and be on a national stage. So yeah. you know, when I go to St. Louis and, and uh, or go to Kansas City and see some guys, hey, University of Memphis, yeah, I love the basketball team. So you can love baseball too, you know? so, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's that's part of it. You know, we've got a national brand, basketball and football. And again, like I've told everybody, I'm not here to steal anybody's space or thunder, uh, but we are here to share the space. We want to come be in, involved in the same ranks that you know basketball and football has been here. Now you sort of mentioned uh, playing ball and uh, bar back jobs um yeah. do you, are you speaking from experience is that no is that you know but, but you gotta hustle man you gotta yeah, make every dollar yeah, yeah. you can i mean that's just the reality of it we, we got what we call 
feel. Figure it out. Yes. So uh, you see an obstacle in front of you, you do what you got to do to make sure you accomplish it. So that, that's part of the uh, feel, so to speak. Now, last thing for Matt Reiser, head baseball coach at the University of Memphis. Um, as far as recruiting and you getting yeah. uh, your, your feet planted here, how is how is that going? How is that whole process going? Yeah, no, it's been really good. You know, obviously, you know, we brought a lot of guys in with the transfer portal, uh, so we're going to graduate a lot of guys, uh, which you wouldn't think coming in. But you know, and this is a very unique situation. Being the third head coach in, in three years, uh, obviously, Carrick got here last year, had some of the similar stuff to do, right? Hey, man, they get the transfer portal. Really wasn't able to finish out a, an entire class, right? They were still in the process, I think, when everything was going down with Missouri of trying to finish that class off. Uh, so of course, we we're coming in, kind of doing the same thing. Hey, man, transfer portal a lot heavy. You know, a lot right. of older guys. I think the first 18 to 24 months, uh, this will probably be the busiest we'll ever be recruiting-wise. And, again, recruiting never stops, let's be honest, right? That's just the, the day and age that we're in. But uh, the, the amount of time and effort we're putting into it, like we talked about before we came on air, we've got 13 kids coming in this weekend. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to walk to Kristen Williams, our, our academic <laughs> coordinator, in August 1st and bring in 15 more transfer portal guide transcripts right. on August 1st anymore. But, you know, but that is reality for the next 18 to 24 months. We've got a ton of roster turnover. The good thing is it's guys graduating and I don't have to really make a ton of moves uh, with you know some lesser talent maybe on the, on the younger age. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, been good for us. I mean, the Juco ranks we've hit hard. And this is the, the spot we talked about, man, the monster we can build here with the, obviously the talent from the high school ability. But then obviously you got the JCs. Right. Uh, those guys come in, man, they see the facility. There's just an appreciation and a dog in them that you just you love about them. I was a JC guy. Uh, and then also you got the transfer portal. Man, some guys might think it was, you know, glamorous. Glamour on at South Carolina or Glamour at Tennessee, and you know, like I tell these guys, they can play at that level. It's not a matter of you not being able to play at that level. It's the amount of opportunities you have. And what's different here in Memphis than what we had at Southeastern? You perform here, you're going to get drafted. I mean, yep. that's just reality of it, right? And you're going to be able to continue your career. I think they had seven conference wins back in 2021 and still had three guys drafted, right? Yeah. Uh, at Southeastern, we had to go to a regional and regional final and have some of those guys like, hey, man, he's been a big numbers. The Southern Conference was a good conference, but some people didn't give it the respect that it needed. It. An American conference, you put up those kind of numbers, our non-conference schedule, they'll be like, yeah, they're, they're definitely a guy. They're definitely a dude. And I think the conference realignment for us, baseball-wise, really spice things up. You know, we're bringing in Charlotte, mm-hmm. who was in regional final last year. UTSA was top 25 last year. FAU's been in a regional, I don't know, six of the last nine years or something like that. Uh, Rice, we all know who Rice right. is, right? They'll yep. be back, don't worry. You know, they'll, they'll be on their way back up and up, and then obviously bring the UAB. So I think we upgraded baseball conference-wise, where this is a three-bid league, sometimes maybe in a four- or five-bid league. Well, I'd, I'd say upgraded, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> like, no doubt. Like, compared to basketball no and football, it's a, it's a different ball game completely it for is. y'all. And that was part of the frustration, right? I mean, you have a great year. We had 42 wins and 25 conference wins in 2015, and we don't get an NCAA tournament at Southeastern. Right. You do that here, you're hosting a regional, yeah, right? For so, sure. uh, obviously, for us, man, you don't have the year that you want to to, to win that you know tournament, right? But the complete picture and, and resume uh, speaks for itself. You can get that at large bid and a chance to win a national championship. Well, great stuff. He is Matt Reiser, head baseball coach at the University of Memphis. On X at Matt Riser 17 Matt, appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Go Tigers, go, baby. Yes, sir. Now, uh, we need to go ahead and transition, and we got to go from one guest to the next. And coming up next, it's going to be Jeff Calkins, per normal, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM. Yes. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.